And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Manscaped. Use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order. Head on over to the website right now, manscaped.com. Pick yourself up a lawnmower 3.0, okay? They've sent over some ball wipes to the office here. I guess it's a studio. They've sent over a bunch of products, but the lawnmower 3.0 is my personal favorite. I use it every morning in the shower. keeps me clean and ready to go down below every day. I walk out of the door with just a little bit more confidence. That's all it is, just a little bit more confidence, a little edge on the competition. You know what I mean? Anyways, Manscaped, use the promo code HBSports. Head on over to the website now, manscaped.com. And you don't have to pick up a lawnmower 3.0 if you have to. I'm not putting a gun to your head. Maybe pick up some ball wipes. Maybe pick up some foot deodorant. Maybe pick up a bag so you can put all your products in so you can carry it on the road. A nice little shower bag, okay? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying check the website out. And if you want to make a purchase, make the promo code yours. Use 20% off. HP Sports, manscaped.com. All right, we're out. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Riley Giffen. Riley is the owner, CEO, founder of Coldstream Distillery, those beautiful drinks that we love all year round. I always find Coldstream comes out with great drinks when it comes to the season, whether it's summer, winter, fall. What's the other season? Spring. Uh, there's always adapt. They're, they're always adapting to, to new drinks, and most importantly, they taste great. Riley started the company back in 2014, and if you look forward to 2021 in the present day, uh, they are one of the, the household names of brands here in Atlantic Canada when it comes to alcohol sales. So I'm excited to have Riley on the podcast, more just for his entrepreneurial mind, just to see how he started the company back in 2014 and, and where he has it now. So it's going to be a great podcast. I'm Justin. We're talking to Riley. Here we go. You know what comes next. Riley, we're going. How are you? Good. How are you, Justin? I'm good. Thank you very much for bringing the, the tasty gifts. I appreciate it. At least I could do. Are we cracking one right now? We should. Let's do it. That's a good way to What time is it? Get it going. Two o'clock somewhere else. Whatever. Boom. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much for bringing these. I appreciate it. The newest it. flavor from Coldstream, strawberry kiwi vodka soda. Oh, man. It's like you look at that 6% and you're just like, how? How do you get it in there? <laughs> Crazy, man. It's delicious. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. How's life right now? It's, uh, I'm used to being busy. I mean, I don't, I don't try not to use that word too much because yeah. busy is normal. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a slower time of the year, I suppose, for Post. sales, yeah. maybe. But um, we have a lot going on for sure. So this time of year, we really get to plan some things out and make sure we're ready to get everything like fully rolling for the summer and yeah. then beyond. So, how far in time do you have to prepare for the summer? Like you're saying, you know, how far? Is, what is it right now? January, February, March, April, May. So you know, it's five months away. The summer, and right now, you're already prepping for that. Yeah, absolutely. Even before Christmas, we were thinking ahead. We're always trying to think more ahead, but, you know, especially with supply chain, uh, you know, changes with COVID and everything like that for, yeah. for Coldstream, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to keep things on the shelf. So in what sense do you have to prepare just, I don't even like, how long does it take to make a can? How long does it take to make a batch of what we're drinking? Like the, the alcohol industry I'm, I'm, I'm lost on. So what, what are you preparing for right now within the summer? Yeah, so I mean, we're always working on new flavors. It's not, yeah. um, it's not always a goal of let's just 
put up flags everywhere and make the most flavors of anyone. It's just what's not out there and what can we create and innovate on. Yeah. So that's a big part of it for us. Uh, so product development is a big part. Yeah. And then once that's all set, you kind of got to project, you know, uh, how much supplies am I going to need for this product? And, you know. And you base that off of sales in the past? Yeah. 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 And I mean, there's a there's a lot of steps after product development. I mean, yeah. you can have the best product, uh, but you also need to get the liquor boards on your side and get distribution. And uh, so that's a big part of it. Um, we okay. We jumped way ahead. We we didn't even. We, I, the first question I had planned was, "How did you start it?" So we jumped, we're we're getting into sales already. Yeah, yeah. So I saw on the website, 2014, the company started. Yeah, that's sort of when the idea started for sure. We opened the doors in September 2015. 15. Okay, sounds good. And I yeah. saw you have a background in chemistry. Is that correct? Yeah, I did chemical engineering. So wow. That's, that's been a big help along the way. Um, in what sense? Definitely got a lot of respect for numbers, for sure. Um, I mean, that sounds pretty general and vague, but, you know, just planning things and having a respect for the numbers and not not guessing. Uh, that's kind of what it comes down to, or it always allows you to um, just give yourself the best chance at, uh, you know, planning everything for the present and just going yeah. forward. So, um, yeah, just knowing that it's everything can be boiled down to some sort of estimate or equation yeah. to, are you talking about the formula of actually making the, the drink? Or no, are you talking I'm, about like the financial aspect yeah, of the business? Yeah, more the financial aspect yeah. of the business. Like, you know, is this, uh, just kind of quantifying risks in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to take this much to, produce this much yeah that and just this much to kind of bring this idea to life yeah and to to be able to produce it and you know is that something that's worth chasing after so so what were the very you know at the very beginning of the company when you first started to build it how many batches did you start with and then you know what's the first store that you bring it to how, how does it start a, a liquor company like that yeah it was interesting it's hard to tell the whole story but that's kind of why i wanted to come on here too is like i just found you were a really good moderator and some of the other stuff i'd listen to here so don't tell aiden that the, <laughs> we got another moderator so <laughs> oh, yeah. well just asking questions that the general population might want to know and i just find in general a lot of times i gotta tell this two minute story Oh, no, um, like, and no. it, it sucks. It, it doesn't feel you, like you're doing it justice and you want to just sit down and have a drink and explain people, explain to everyone really the whole story. Oh my God. And then my version of, of how it all started might not be the details that everyone wants to know. So I just, yeah, that's, that's kind of the reason I'm here. It's just, well, let you fire stuff at me. But, um, I remember when we started, we started really humble and had super modest expectations at the very beginning as you should yeah. yeah so we actually started it thinking it is basically going to be a hobby business so never really thought it would i'd make a career out of it i was going through school for engineering teeing myself for up for the typical workout west in the oil field i was i, were, I spent two summers out there as a student yeah. engineer so there was that and i remember on the drive here i was thinking uh, just back to kind of what we were thinking originally. And it was funny because I remember going through some numbers and kind of boiling some things down. And I was like, I really need to make 
us sell a thousand bottles this year and i was like wow that's like this year the whole year in a year and i was like i don't know if that's reasonable or what like that's three bottles a day like three like year round so that's that's kind of how modest we started for sure i was like i mean that was before we had distribution we had a tiny little store out in the country the store was literally like eight feet by eight feet a little square so (laughs) it was uh I mean, there you can see some pictures on the social media of, yeah. of way back then, but let me tell you, it started small and it started modest. It's funny how it, I saw. I hear the opposite for some companies. How when they first start something, I like how you said it started as a hobby first of all, because your expectations are low. But some people go into a, a business opportunity and they have their eye on the moon, and then it doesn't come to them within the first month, and they quit. That was kind of the same thing with. Um, I don't know what happened with someone else, but I, I like your perspective. I've known it started with a hobby, and we just re- worked really hard at it, and then it gradually grew. Mm-hmm. So uh, manage your expectations. It works a lot better, I, f- I find. Excuse me. Yeah, and I mean, the motivation for it was really when we kind of made uh, some stuff on the side. So the common story that is fairly well known is I learned enough to get myself in trouble and build a still in university. Okay. Chemical engineering. Yeah. You get enough knowledge there to do that so built a still soldered it up in my grandfather's garage and then no. made some yeah yeah for you real built it yourself yeah get the that's crazy yeah so we had a a beer keg that uh my neighbor helped weld up and we put it on top of a an old lobster pot boiler <laughs> with propane are you and, sure you uh, should be telling this story like is this oh yeah, yeah okay. oh yeah 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, well the funny thing is when the guy came to uh give us the license to have a distillery it was like well now the government's get, <laughs> gonna get the tax dollars that they weren't before but uh yeah it was funny because that that was probably a year before we kind of said hey maybe we should make this legal but we basically made some stuff that was drinkable yeah and we were pretty proud of it well, it, what, were you so, what were you so proud of it about? Were you proud that you got the high percentage of alcohol with a great taste? Well, like, what was the first proud of moment? Uh, basically, that we kind of made a still, made our own moonshine, essentially. Yeah. And it was drinkable. Yeah. And looking back, it was really bad. But <laughs> so we kind of, my dad kind of went from curious to interested, yeah, kind of involved. Yeah. And then the neighbor who helped, who helped us build the still, uh, you know, I went out west and kind of just left the still at home and then little did i know they were back uh, at home here in nova scotia i was in alberta they were running the still every weekend no i came home and there was uh, a closet with stacks of milk crates full of mason jars of moonshine no like, oh you guys have been at it so they because <laughs> they were distilling every weekend and then uh they had so much that we started adding a few flavors so then add some flavors i think my my parents kind of shared it with some of their friends at hockey tournaments that they were going to for my younger siblings and and just shared it. And people liked it. But they, that, they were all in mason jars at this point when you're sharing it with oh, friends? Yeah. Like, they're just all, no way. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just the, kind of that enjoyment of seeing someone enjoy a product that you've created kind of just continued to snowball and motivate us to create some new things and just innovate and and keep going so So at what point did you decide okay i need to move home from out west and and go home and start with this thing full time because it's starting to pick up and obviously my skill set can help yeah well we were actually starting it in the summer of 2015 so i was in calgary 
working a typical kind of corporate job. It was funny. And throughout that summer, I realized I really wasn't cut out for it. I mean, I always wanted to do entrepreneurial stuff, but I never really found where to grab onto to really okay. harness that. So I was always interested in it. And, uh, but we were, we were starting the business. So I was doing everything I could from a distance, so building a website and doing everything during the nights, getting the licensing all lined up. Whereas my parents and a family friend kind of did some carpentry work and got kind of a really, really basic production setup built. Uh, it was still a lot of work, but, yeah, um, anything is, yeah, that was, that was the summer before my last year of university. Okay. So, yeah my fourth year or my last year of chemical engineering i was also starting cold stream so it was a busy year was there ever a point in your career i guess where you had a job opportunity to stay out there and make you know good money but was there an opportunity or i guess like i said when maybe you come home you got to make less money but at least it's a family business at the time was there ever that decision you have to make to not follow the money right away there was yeah there was i was really real with myself at the end of that year um because it was kind of funny how it worked because in that four month work term, I had a, I came out of there with a bad taste in my mouth because it was like I say, a really corporate job yeah. and it was fine. It was great. I liked it in a lot of ways. Um, but the, I guess the work style, I, I remember bringing it up specifically to a supervisor. I said, you know, I got a lot of extra hours here. Do you guys prefer to pay out? overtime or should I just you know take a week off in lieu and I'll, I'll head back to Nova Scotia a week early or something and then kind of looked at me in a frustrated way and and said well you're kind of that's kind of built into your pay to work those extra hours and we don't really compensate for that and I just didn't really agree with that and I guess that really kind of pushed me over the edge to say uh, I think I do want to do my own thing and nothing against them, but I'd never really pursued a, a career yeah. that direction after that. And, and so, yeah, I did jump right into running Coldstream after, uh, after I finished university. Yeah. So I went through that, that last year of school where Coldstream was in its infancy, finished uh, university and basically had to make a decision. I said, I'll give myself two years to be at a salary point where it's equivalent to what I might be as making an yeah just because you know there there is a little bit more potential when you do something entrepreneurial for yourself so sky's the limit yeah yeah for sure so I said you know those are the pros and cons I guess there's you know who knows what could happen with Coldstream but I can tell you I had a really really modest compensation um, <laughs> and that was I guess my own decision partly wanted to really reinvest in the business in the, in the early stages. Mm. And, uh, I didn't hit that mark in two years. No. Two years after. I was going to say two years. That's not a long time. Yeah. yeah. And I, you, you wouldn't believe I had, a, I remember the notebook. I had two pages of calculations. It was like everything worked backwards. Like what's it going to take for me to be able to make an equivalent, equivalent amount as I would, you know, working in an industry as an engineer. Yeah. And it wasn't all about that. It was about flexibility and yeah. and do you enjoy what you're doing? But you know, I was I was trying to look out for myself in that way, and uh, 
yeah, long story short, in two years I wasn't there. But we'd made a lot of progress enough to say, okay, this is this is still worth chasing after. It's funny how when you hit that two-year, three-year mark, and maybe you didn't reach your goal, but it's that little, okay, now we have another opportunity here. And it's like, ah, I can't just leave that opportunity and go back to Calgary and work. It's like, I find with this business, there's always that one thing. It's like, oh, that's that's right there. Or am I just going to quit or am I going to go back to this way? It's like, no, it's right there. I'm just going to go get it. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go get it. And it, it, those little moments just kind of keep me around, just keep me going, keep me... Because as long as you stay positive, you work your ass off, things happen. And yep. it's, it's hard just to say no to those things that happen to you. And it's that, at least to me, that's the addicting factor. And when I, when I hear your story about how, yeah, I had to take a serious look in the mirror two years in when I wasn't making my financial goal. And mm-hmm. just to kind of look where the company is now, you must have had, you know, hundreds of thousands of opportunities where, oh, that's right there. I got to get it. That's right there. I got to get it. And you yep. must still be going through those moments of opportunities coming to you, which is wicked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure, you you always got to be planting seeds. Um, and in the beginning, it, it takes a lot more work to make them grow. <laughs> you oh. know, your your efforts to see a return are... are Sometimes you know, zero. Yeah, not yeah. Pro- definitely not proportional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely how it went. But, you know, keep it moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, that's all we did, and... We were really real with ourselves. So, what do you mean by that? Um, so, basically, we kind of realized. Uh, well, I put a lot of work into making a really nice package, or as best we knew how. We were okay. branding, marketing experts from day one, but put a lot of work into it, and then got it all set up, and realized, you know, this works in Nova Scotia, but the costs for some of our products just weren't scalable. So at that point, you really got to pivot and adjust and say, okay, what are we going to do that, that can make this work? So um, that was around a similar time where we got into the ready-to-drink products, like the vodka soda originally. Okay. But I can tell you that the motivation f- to get into the ready-to-drink products was not for uh, just purely the financial benefit. It, yeah. it was more about... Why isn't anybody doing this? Yeah. It was just, somebody needs to do this. We I, we like drinking vodka soda. We don't want all the sugary coolers. Yeah. I, I remember you guys did such a great job. I couldn't tell you what year. Maybe 2018, 19. Um, prob- people probably hear me saying this. Like, Justin, why are you at Frosh Week? But oddly enough, I was just downtown doing street interviews. Because back then, 2017, 18, 19, we did a bunch of street interviews. And there was one week where it just got a little out of control. And we were at a party every <laughs> night for like a week. Oh, wow. And I remember just... Cold stream was everywhere. At the time, I wasn't aware of it, but by the fifth night of that week, I was like, oh, there's a cold stream flag in almost every house. And <laughs> I look at every single dude in here, every girl in here, they got a cold stream drink. And that kind of got me curious. I, I don't know what year it was, but it, it was one year I just remember you were all over Dow campus, all over SMU campus. Was that ever like a marketing strategy of yours was to get into that younger? Because let's get real here. This drink is great. You know, some mm-hmm. girls that don't like to drink strong vodka, this is great for them. Mm-hmm. It's great for a, a patio drink with the dinner it's just great for the for those sorts of activities if you know what i mean was that part of your marketing strategy to get into that college uh, that that area or university yeah i think we really wanted to relate to them and show them that Coldstream is a young energetic fun uh, brand that's run by um, a lot of young people we have all ages on our team but you know the 
we have some really young, talented people behind the main stuff here. So yeah. we really just wanted to get on the ground, let them taste it for sure. It's the, that's the number one thing. Yeah. You get it in their hand, get them to taste it, make sure they like it. Definitely. And uh, just get them excited about it. So um, how do you do that? Just, you know, with us being there, us being there, showing the passion for it. Yeah. You know, it's fun to go to a host party like that, um, you know, where, you know, a lot of university people might bring bring their bottle of vodka or their six pack or whatever. Yeah. But to really serve them up a drink, like you're at a more, yeah, a higher end function, it wasn't that. It was still in red solo cups, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, hey, what do you want for a cocktail? It's like full service bar. But you're at this cool little house party, so um, yeah, that that was just a, a good intro to the brand for people who hadn't heard of us before, I yeah. guess, and just a fun way to say, "Hey, we're the people behind this. Yeah. Thanks for the support. Yeah, keep the good word going for us." I like how you say, "Like I just wanted to be there while they taste it, just to show the passion." That's a lot of it too. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's a good idea. Yeah, I might have seen you at some of these house parties. I don't know. I don't remember much <laughs> of them, but I'm sure I'm sure you were there. That's good. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just remember those couple of years where, you know, I was going to some of those parties and this was, it had a heavy presence and it was great. That's good to hear. I mean, I wasn't out at, at the mall, but I mean. Yeah, you're counting the numbers in the, in the office, just making sure everything's adding up. <laughs> I was at a fair amount of them. I was at my fair share. Don't worry. But no, it's interesting you say that too, because that is definitely an, an example of sweat equity. Those were not, you know, profitable yeah. events or anything. You're just giving them more. Away yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Um, or at least given like the absolute best deal we possibly could. But, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's where it starts. You got to get out there yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I liked what you said at the beginning and you were talking about your boss and you said that you put the overtime hours in, but that's worked into your pay. And now yourself, you have employees working for you. Uh, how do you, how do you find the, the management side of employees and running a business and, and paying taxes and the stuff that's kind of you know, not growing your business, but it's, it's 100% necessary because entrepreneurs, all we want to do is go, 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 build the business, build the business, but you got to step back, make sure you take care of the people you work with, make sure you take care of the financial side. Did you find that stuff challenging at all? Or did you, that come naturally to you? Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up now because we've, we've got a, a good sized team now. How many? Um, the last time I looked, we have between full-time and part-time, there's 50 people, which is just yeah. amazing. Congratulations. I never, like, I never would have imagined that. And yeah, yeah, thank you You're very paying much. rent and paying a mortgage for 50 people. If you, think, <laughs> you know, that's crazy, man. Like, that's awesome. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about that on the on the drive here, too. It was, that's, that's something we've become really passionate about. Because Coldstream, I consider it, like, we've got our feet under us a lot more than we, we had in the early years. And... We have a lot of passion for making sure our team is happy. Um, so I know we're not perfect at it, but we are actively trying to improve. And, you know, it's 2021. We have a lot of access to great things, but life costs a lot these days. And, you know, I think all of our team, I mean, people in Nova Scotia in general, but everyone we employ, we want to employ as many people as we can. But, you know, we want them uh, to be compensated as well as possible. My goal is kind of work backwards from the product. Um, so I guess I consider part of my role to make a great product yeah. that will create a win-win for the customer. Yeah. And then that will allow Coldstream to be, you know, healthy enough financially to compensate our team as best we can. Yeah. And 
so like I say, in the last six months, that's become a big passion for me. And I guess along with that, I also have a goal to say, okay, I'm not as concerned with experience or with education. Um, I'm not going to put that bias on people who come work with Coldstream. It's just let's align our beliefs and values and let's see how much let's see how to put you in a position to add a, a lot of value to the Coldstream brand and the company and, and for the customers. Mm. And then, you know, with their experience and education, let's set them up to be compensated and have a uh, work experience that's better than they might, uh, might be able to get. Because mm. I, I just don't like the industry stereotypes where, you know, you're an accountant, this is where you fall based on your education, your experience, et cetera. Mm. So, that's that's what I'd like to achieve for Coldstream. Do you find like you have that experience or you have those goals because maybe you went through a system like that back in Calgary that you didn't like? Do you think you kind of want to do the opposite of that and make that the culture of Coldstream? Maybe that did subliminally kind of steer me in that direction. I don't really know uh, how I really arrived at that. Just, you know, I realized it's, like I say, young people, it's you can do everything right. You can go to school and... and just life still costs a lot these yeah. days. So yeah. I just want to see people succeed. Yeah. I, I want to see people comfortable and, and have fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of drinks out there. You have a mm -hmm. lot of competition. Yeah. Whenever I go into the liquor store, there's a new uh, a new soda, a new beer, a new anything. The liquor store is packed. It's hard to get eyeballs on, um, I guess, product because there's just so much to look at. What do you think you do the best in order to separate yourself from, from everyone else? Obviously, it tastes good, but you know certain things within the company what uh, what do you think you do better than most well we haven't done it right all, the whole <laughs> way along we've just gotten better each time i'd say just going with the motion going yep. through it yeah yeah for sure so i mean it helped that we were one of the pioneers of it we were the first yeah, 2015 yeah uh yeah we started with spirits in 2015 in 2017 we were the first company in atlanta canada to have a ready-to-drink cocktail so that was our vodka sodas no and the way. old school uh, glass bottles. So, no, are you serious? 2017. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember that far back, but that that's crazy. So how? Oh, so like when dealing with liquor, Nova Scotia, what's it called? Nova Scotia Liquor Corporation. Yeah, SLC. Yeah, yep. SLC. So uh, was there any challenge there getting them to approve the drink because it was the first one ever? You're kind of like a pioneer in that sense. Yeah, it was interesting because for all other Nova Scotian companies, each category, so wine, beer, spirits. They have a preferential markup. Okay. And so they'll, uh, in short, they'll pay you more for your product so because you're a small producer. So NSLC buys the product off you. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. And they they put a markup, and in exchange for that, they okay. distribute it to all the stores. Okay, so I get it, it. It's a fair setup for yeah. sure. Well, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I had a conversation with them. I was like, I don't, I don't know without this preferential markup for the ready-to-drink category, I don't know if we can make this work. I had a really frank conversation with the category manager at the time. Okay. And I was on the fence, and I, I actually told him, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do the vodka soda this year. It's just too much, too big of an investment for, you know, I don't know if we can make money at it. Um, and then I just thought about it, I guess, for a week after that, and I said, nope, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> he called them back. Then? I called them back. What it was, was after the deadline? Why? What, what was the change of heart? Um, it's 
funny. <laughs> I have I haven't told this in public before. He's like I took I'm, shrooms I'm, or something, and he just <laughs> no no <laughs> no. It wasn't that at all. It is kind of funny. Uh, it's a story I haven't told before. I uh, so we were the first ones to do it in 2017. Yeah, and it was after an event, and we were downtown just kind of unwinding after the event we worked the event okay it was like a sampling event and uh so we were at a bar downtown just having a couple drinks to rewind and uh ended up meeting up with one of our main competitors who told me that they had a vodka soda that or they had two or three that were going to be in the nslc next year and we were the only ones with one actually on the market at that time okay and it was at such a small scale we could barely make enough to even okay get through we were making like 50 bottles a day or something it just wasn't enough so okay. it was a kind of a big commitment big this is a bottle you know what you mean though uh yeah, yeah like when like, you say bottle like 50 bottles is, yeah i'm just thinking yeah. can okay sorry okay yeah yeah so it was tiny production okay and uh <laughs> 50. anyway so they he just told me that they had a a product, like a ready-to-drink product that was going in, and yeah. I was like, well, we can't be the pioneers and not make a go at this. If other people are getting in this, you know, I'm not going to let my original idea just be overtaken or, you know, I don't want that oh, yeah. I don't want that yeah. shadow cast on us because there is Reg- a lot regret. of potential for regret. it. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew there was a lot of potential for it. I just... I just it was, it was a huge investment at the time, and I just, yeah. So I guess that was the change of heart. <laughs> you wow. know, you know, I was, you could you could what, tell I was a little hesitant to tell you, that story. Do you think if the competitor was sober, he would have told you, or do you think you guys were just having like a good night and like it just kind of things slipped up, and he was like not bragging but just talking about his business? Like, do you think it slipped up, or do you think he was actually telling you? Because you know we've all been there. We 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 yeah. get a couple drinks on us, and we tell maybe a little bit too much we shouldn't have. Do you think it was something like that? Yeah, it, it could have been either. I, yeah. I I don't know if it was necessarily because there's a couple drinks being had. Um, but to be honest, it was it's been for the best for both sides. Okay, good. We've, we've uh, kept good. each other on our toes. We've we've kept each other accountable for making good liquids, yeah. good products, and from there on out, like you know, no hard feelings. I think. Yeah. Both sides have done well. At the very beginning of this company, I always, I podcast popping up left, right, center, podcast popping up left, right, center, and I was always pissed off. Like, fuck, these guys are, you know, these guys are going to take business away from us. But now I look at it, it's such a different light. It's great. It's, it's competition. It's, yep. Okay, you're doing that. Okay, I'm going to do this. It's a way to look at your own business plan and then make little, uh, make little pivots and to go into another direction to differentiate yourself. Did I use that word correctly? Differentiate. Yep. So you know what I mean. So that's yeah, I, I don't mind that. It, it's it, it's funny how you go through business and you just you learn these little rules. Whenever you know what does DJ Khaled say? There's keys to this. Like you learn <laughs> these keys. Like you learn oh, yeah. little things throughout business, but you have to go through them for through failure, through risk, mm-hmm. building your first fifty bottles like i'm sure you don't want to put that money down you know it's i don't know it, 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 it's really cool I, it's, that's yeah. a great story yeah it was funny we were talking about this the other day the uh the initial bottle setup it was uh blend up your vodka your lime juice and your water in a keg we had this little freezer with a modified thermostat on it to get it cold <laughs> and then we had to force the co2 into it and shake the keg like crazy just to get the carbonation to go in there and then <laughs> Uh, it was my brother Liam and I, and uh, between the two of us, we would 
package it up and you'd get like two cases out of a keg and it would take 45 seconds to make one so 45 uh, seconds to make one of these yeah to fill and cap a bottle and so it was it was a little bit it was great but it was a little bit discouraging to like take 50 bottles out to the store at a time and then before you even set them on the ground they're gone you're like oh I need a, I need like two more days to make more of this. So. But that's a good feeling though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like to this day, when you walk into the NSLC and you see your product, do you still get the same feeling as when you first put your first fifty bottles in? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I. I love that answer. It's. Uh, it's, it's. That's really how you know you're gonna. That's how you know you're gonna succeed. That's. That's. You know. Yeah. The cool thing is, we often, uh, like, we don't go around, you know, shouting from the rooftops that we're the ones behind Coldstream, but like if me or my brother or my sister are in the liquor store and we catch you with a Coldstream six pack in your hand or whatever it is, we're going to buy it for you. No. So that's probably one of the <laughs> Let's go to the liquor things. store after this. That's awesome. Yeah. So we, yeah. <laughs> we already got us one, but thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great, I like that. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully after this, <laughs> not everybody's following <laughs> yeah, the yeah. NSLC, but, but no, that's a fun part of it because, um, yeah, it's just you catch people off guard a little yeah. bit. Sometimes they don't know what to do. They're like, what are you doing? They're like, you don't own this company. What are you <laughs> talking about? Get out of here. Uh, I don't really get into that. I just say. <laughs> you just say it's on me. I'm with Coldstream. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is on Coldstream. What you say is like, I know the guy that owns that. So you don't like, you're not the guy. But, oh, I know the guy that owns that. Uh, he just said, if I ever saw anyone, I got to pick it up for you. So I'm going to yeah. get it for you. I'll let him know that you bought it though. Yeah. You can take the attention off you. No, man, that's, yeah. I like that. That's a cool little, I like that a lot. It's a simple gesture, and I mean, if they're buying it, they probably have bought it before, or they're, they're going to buy it again. So yeah, it's it's well worth it. So yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a it's a great story. Yeah, I, I like just... the begin. I love the beginning grind. Sometimes people will come on here, and and you know they're they're a success story. But I always ask questions about like, well, what was it like when you were just starting out? Because I love the grind. I love the hustle. Because I like what you said at the beginning. The at the very beginning, it's tough, but when you make it, you know, you you can put not put your feet up, but things just start to run a little bit more smoothly like a well-run camaro it's just it's a yeah, little bit yeah. smoother it's a it's a nice mm -hmm. but at the very beginning those are that's where the stories are that's the grind that's the i love making fun of you know when i when i got this company going i'm not trying to play you say me say type thing but mm -hmm. you know i used to you know i'd lie to myself and go to like a co-op job and be like oh i'm only here for a week i have a full-time job at high button sports but no one knew what that was oh, yeah. you know but i just yeah. lie to myself and say no i am i'm making sixty thousand a year like i wouldn't tell people <laughs> that but i just tell in my head yep. you know and you just you, you lie to yourself you go along and what you said too about how there's little opportunities everywhere you just keep going and it helps build the company yeah and it's great looking back on that now in, in a situation like you're in where the company has succeeded and you look back it's good yeah we've we've learned a ton along the way there's no doubt about that. It's funny. Now, I think at the time when we started everything, we were almost ignorant to what it took, which which allowed us to think that we could start so small. So it's kind of a blessing. What do we you didn't, mean we start didn't so small? Just, you know, when I'm talking about, uh, you know, blending up this ready-to-drink, like the vodka sodas in a keg, 20 liters at a time. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, anybody in the industry would never attempt to start that small. I guess. So just with us not knowing, we're like, well, why not start with that? Like, yeah. So, you know, and I'm assuming you didn't start with a loan. Like it was your own money. Yeah. Another thing that I've never really put out there publicly is, uh, I had, you know, I had student loans going through, uh, 
through university. That's normal, whatever. And so I did make some pretty good money in, in Alberta, like best you can ask for it as a student. So saved a little bit of that up and, you know, which debatably maybe should have went towards school or, or the expenses that go along with it, rent, whatever. <laughs> but instead put 5,000 bucks in to what it was going to take to start Coldstream. So we started like extremely, extremely lean. So it was a partnership originally with both my parents. So they had a small, a small building on their property, which was a little bit of a stepping stone for sure. What was in the building? It was sort of like a garage style building. And my dad had run this really uh, kind of local water business company, bottled water. Bottled so, water. Like the blue bottles? Or like yeah, the, like the cooler size jugs. Yeah, like the people they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had run that since I think 2004. No it, way. It operated in sort of like a small 80 kilometer radius of Stewiak area. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So your dad was already in like the drink business, but. Like the water business. Yeah. So like no I say, I it was know. a bit of a stepping stone. It was like, oh, well, we make uh, beverages and containers. Why not? Chocolate make, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why not make it more fun? I didn't know without that. Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he still does operate that now. Cause does he? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I guess it was interesting. He just, he was entrepreneurial himself. And uh, they had this spring that they discovered on this property of theirs out in rural, like 10 minutes outside Stewiak. So okay. he, uh, he was looking for a way, uh, to give it away. Like one of those public kind of springs, the taps you see some places, like a, like not, not well? really in the city, but, um, like a s- well, like fresh water from a, like a, like a yeah, spring. I know it, what it, a was, spring it was is. a dug well, um, on a, an artesian spring. Okay. Cool. Really good. And water. that's where he got his water from. Yeah. Okay, cool. So he was trying to give it away originally. I was a, pretty young kid but this is this is the story that i know and uh and so he couldn't give it away because of liability and this and that so he was like well maybe i'll just sell it so like i say it it was really small it still is you know yeah operates in kind of an 80 kilometer radius or so maybe even less than that that's really cool and it's on your property like the house you grew up in yep that's sick. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> out in the country, and yeah. So does he still own, so he sold the company and he works for Coldstream or he's retired? Uh, he still operates that business as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I say, it's small, it's it works. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of dialed back a little bit on that because he does, he does work full-time with Coldstream. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was, so he had his little business in that, that small building. Yeah. It was sort of like a, medium-sized garage building if you want to kind of picture it like that uh, yeah I got it. I got it. so um yeah we were able to rearrange a few things and, yeah. and put the cold stream set up in there put a still in there you get a sign or you just like got some spray paint or something put it up uh yeah we uh we put a sign at the end of the driveway it's funny if you saw it it's like like most people wouldn't consider it in the middle of nowhere <laughs> so but that is where we had our original little store okay um, cool do you still have your first uh I don't know, you lobster trap, you, you, what was it called? Uh, you had a keg on top of a lobster trap. What's it called? Oh, the, the lobster pot boiler. Yeah, but do you still, still. Do you still do. have it? Oh, yeah. Where is it? It is at the original location. Yeah, that's badass. Good yeah. for you. That, that's good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I mean, it, it doesn't see the light of day a lot. It's on the wall, but not a lot of people get out there to our, because we don't operate our store out of that that uh, country you, property. Aren't you guys part like with the elephant? Yeah. You got... Yeah, so we moved there in 2016. Yeah. You're still there though. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And do you what do you have any other operations popping up? 
I saw. We just opened in Antigonish, first uh, of November ish. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a big project. How so? Uh, well, a lot of people who've been to Annie Ganesh might have been to the old Split Crow building. I don't know about yourself, but... Yeah, 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 uh, St. of X, uh, Split Crow, I have been there. Yeah, right, right beside McDonald's. Right, right next to a pizza and, yeah. shop, too, I think. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, so... Close that, to the rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah across yeah, the road yeah. from the rink. So that was a variety of restaurants and bars, yeah. and then it was like for a year and a half, I think it was vacant because it was just run down into the ground. It was, it was bad. Yeah. And uh, another funny thing that a lot of people probably don't know is uh, one day, well, we kind of looked in Halifax. We were like, how could we have sort of the Mastodon Ridge Stewiak store in the HRM area? Okay. And I started looking around a little bit, and it was like, real estate here is crazy. Like, hard to make a go of it at that point in time. Yeah. And uh, so let that go by the wayside. And then one day, somebody on Instagram, it's funny how much stuff gets drummed up on Instagram. Instead just Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, one day, somebody commented and said, man, I wish I didn't have to drive an hour and a half for Maniganish every time I wanted to flat a cold stream. And so... Just happened to hit me at the right time when I didn't have a lot of inhibitions. So I was like, all right, what's for sale in Antigonish? Is there anything going on in Antigonish? Like, could we set yeah. one up there? And then I got looking and there was this building and I was like, oh, great. This is <laughs> this is going to be too too good not to turn down. So in your head, you're like, you know you're going to do it because you know uh, it's going to be a lot yeah. of work. So you're yeah, happy exactly. but pissed off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to do yeah. that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and then uh, my buddy Justin was sitting in the office beside me. We got friends stop into the office just to hang out, whatever. Grab a couple then. free drinks. And then, of course, <laughs> and then, of course, he was just tagging me on. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. There's, he's giving me every reason to do it. So, <laughs> he's like, I'll help you out. I'll be there every step of the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, him and I, he was like, I'm pretty sure he was ready to call the real estate yeah, agent. Yeah, he's like, I'll do everything for you. Yeah. yeah so we were like, wow, that, that could actually work. But the real story is it was really, really run down. So it needed a lot of work, a lot of investment, a lot of planning. And and so, yeah, we, we actually did go ahead with it. It was a pretty bold move um, yeah. to purchase that building. There was, at the time, there was only uh, one other person looking at it, and they were going to tear it down. So it wasn't in good shape, but did it still have good bones, like a good yeah. foundation? That's all you need. Yeah, that was the main. That was about the only good thing about it. Good bones, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. Everything else we fixed. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, good location. It sounds like though. Yeah, good yeah. Location. That's what meant the most. Yeah, for sure. And you're close to Saint Effax, and we did have a lot of a really good following when we were looking at trying to make the decision, and kind of goes back to me trying to make decisions on numbers. We looked at the sales at all the NSLCs, and we have a couple top stores in in Nova Scotia, so you see like where your loyal customers are by looking at individual Analytics, store yeah. sales. Yeah. And Ish was a top store, so we had a lot of good customers in Antigonish area. No and, brainer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks to the folks in the Antigonish area, yeah. surrounding areas. <laughs> Because you really, uh, you really tipped the scales and, and made us do it. So you know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. sick. I love the risk factor, but then I love the reward, baby. It's a good feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. So we got that store up and running now, and it's it's going smooth. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, we're always looking to change some stuff up and, yeah. and improve everything, but good. Um, nice. I'm going to ask this question, but I feel like I already know the answer. And I think it's a good, I think you're going to give me a great answer, but ha- has COVID affected your industry in a negative way? Like I've heard that alcohol sales have gone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's gone up as much as maybe the public perception okay. is. It, it, it is yeah. noticeable. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um. Maybe we we have some more sales through NSLC and our stores because people aren't going to the bars, the bars and restaurants as much. But okay, yeah. Sorry. Um. So I mean, it's not like we want to get excited about that. Like. I know what you mean. Because we want to support the bars and restaurants as well. Yeah. Um, So they're starting to get back in the swing of things, which is nice to see. But um, no, it's it's been manageable. I don't think it's like night and day difference. I was going to say, if anything, things slow down a bit, and then you can kind of look at the numbers. You can look at things a little bit better rather than event here, event there, event there, event Mm -hmm. here, let's go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think as much as maybe it's helped the business – it's made a lot of challenges supply chain wise. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's been ups and downs yeah. to COVID for sure. Because I'm sure you put a lot of money into making cold stream the cans, the actual liquid, everything, but maybe if the supply is slowed down through the bars, is that what you're talking about? Um like so I don't yeah, deal with supply chains. So yeah, we take a hit by yeah. by losing some revenue from, from bar sales for yeah. sure. Um but uh yeah, like you say, there's maybe you, maybe the NSLC is selling some more. There was a time when everyone was stocking up on anything they wanted to drink from the NSLC because yeah. they didn't know if the NSLC was going to shut down. So there was a little bit of a panic period there. Yeah, but um, yeah, in general, it's business as usual, and I mean, we feel really grateful for that. Yeah, there's there's some businesses in a tough spot. So yeah, yeah. It's a good thing about, uh, I, I've always said starting a business in this part of the world is a great thing. People will help you, support you, even if it's not financially. The, I always say on the intro of these podcasts that, you know, if you could share a post, if you could like a post, tell a friend, mm-hmm. just do anything, things like that. It's it's Word of mouth is the best advertising you can buy. And yep. I've always felt that Nova Scotia was uh, one of the best places in the world for that when, when, I guess, just helping out a business. Yeah, you're right. And I mean... We realized after a bit there, it takes more than just being local. You still got to maintain a really good product line and, oh, yeah. and take pride in your in the the liquid that's inside the package. Yeah. So uh, we're really focused on that. We don't want people to support us solely because we're local. We want them to drink our product because well, yeah. that's what they want to drink. Well, that's the thing. Like you're not going to make it to this point if if it's bad. You know, it's like you only make it so far. It's got to be good. Yep. Yeah. We just improve and learn a little bit on every product we make so yeah um i was wondering we have a so we're starting to do clothing and i'm starting to deal with um inventory management i guess i'm looking at like what sizes are selling and and what sizes aren't selling so when we make our purchases we don't have a bunch of overhead Mm -hmm. how did you deal with that in the in the liquor business at the very beginning um like how did you know to build 50 or 50 bottles i I hate that you say bottles like cans (laughs) How how did you know to make like 50 cans at the beginning um, at the first, it was a complete guess. I remember the day before, was it a guess? before we opened, we're like, how many of each bottle do we even need? Yeah. Like th- th- when it was just spirits, and I was like, uh, 50 maybe of each thing. And then, yeah, so it was a complete guess at the start, but, uh, 
Um, yeah, you kind of just have a track record and you can look at, you know, previous sales now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you got to have that data organized in a decent way too. So that's, that's a big side of the administrative part and the yeah. accounting finance side of things is, uh, you know, inventory management and yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> I could get into a, a long story about that, but get into it. Is it a good story? Ah, uh, well, we're just going through an inventory management. Uh, we're implementing an inventory management system. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, say for example, we've got we had you know at our production spot for the cans, we've got six flavors or whatever. That's what we had last summer, I think, and so maybe there's like a hundred raw materials that go into those six flavors. So, you know, my brother had kind of all that weight on his shoulders to make sure that, well, he, for one, planned the production schedule, but then, you know, on the day when you're supposed to blend up whatever, lemonade. Strawberry and kiwi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you're supposed to go blend this stuff up, if you're missing one ingredient, you can't do it. Also, all have to be there together. Yeah. So, we had sort of more of a reactive system, and it it was just relying on on people yeah to to maintain the inventory levels so we got that uh live now for like you know so when stuff comes in we track it we know how much we have at this location yeah. whatever so i mean that's kind of the boring side of it but it's that's the it's stuff a, i love though well it's a big step you got to make it, it like i say it's a tough change uh that everyone sort of has to adapt on the team yeah so um it's for the best, but it's there's lots of kinks to work out when you make a change like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's good. I like I like taking care of the behind the scenes stuff. It's uh, that's where the like I said the stories are. What's uh, what's what's next for the company? Are you even allowed to give me little nuggets here? Um, well, we're we're putting a big addition on our production facility in Churro. So okay. One interesting thing about Coldstream is like you'll see some of these brands maybe that are competing products with Coldstream. There's a couple models. I mean, you can be a brand or you can be a brand and a producer, like you have your own production. So um, if you're just a brand, maybe you hire out your production to someone else Mm -hmm. versus, you know, building a facility. So Coldstream is more bricks and mortar, which is, it kind of, it feels like, feels like the right thing to do. Invest here, you know, build infrastructure, create jobs. Um, so we're just in the middle of that expansion. So, you know, we're thinking long-term, building the real foundation here, like I say. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I feel like always, there's stories you want to say. You're just like, ah, I can't tell that yet. There's Thought definitely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. there's three big things that come to mind that are on our horizon. Okay. Um, so I wish I could tell more details, yeah, but all, all I good. can say is, is watch us close over the next 12 months. Okay. Because we're uh, nothing's been decided for certain, but um, you know we want to take everything we've learned, and I think there's more out there that we can do well. Yeah. On, um, so I wish I could like no, I, said, I, I wish good. I could tell you more. Um, at the same time, you know we're happy to be just having our feet under ourselves a little bit, like I say. And, um, so it's, it's kind of one of those situations sort of like we, what we were talking with about with Annie Ganesh. Where yeah. It's like, 
there's a couple things we we want to do. We just got to take a deep breath first yeah. and make sure, you know, can we manage all this? And yeah. you know, we're not trying to bite off more than we can chew either. Yeah. So, do you like working with your family? Like, it seems like it's a family-run business. You know, most people. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that have family-run businesses, but there's definitely people that don't have a family-run business. Do you like mm-hmm. working with your dad? Can it cause tension? Is it is it easy to get conversations out of the way? Uh, do you like it? Yep. Um, there's lots of good things about it. It takes away some good bureaucracy. Okay. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um, I think some problems are easier to solve. Um, when you're working with family, I know, I think you always get a little bit of generational, like differences in thinking. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the times at the end of the day, you just have a more well-rounded opinion and perspective on things Mm -hmm. um i can tell you working with my brother and sister um we almost can read each other's minds oh that's weird (laughs) i don't like that well it's just we we agree on a lot i that that's probably a stretch to say we read each other's minds but like you know we really keep each other in check as well okay so that's great though yeah it really is you don't have a lot of yes men around you it's like no if you're stepping out of line someone's going to tell you yeah there's that and you know, we don't have to tiptoe around being critical about stuff. Yeah. So it's like, if something's not up to par, we're not going to hurt each other's feelings. We're just trying to do the right thing and and deliver the the end package perfectly. Yeah. So. That's great, though. Yeah. No, I really like it that way. Yeah. Um, It's not cutthroat, but it's just, okay, if something needs to be said, say it. Don't yeah. hide. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's better off for that. Yeah. Um. And in general, I think we have a do-what-it-takes attitude. So, you know, there's times where we got to get something done and it's not going to happen before 5 p.m. <laughs> and, like, that doesn't really bother us. It's just we know it's kind of a temporary thing. I, I will say we work really hard to try and, like, we value our weekends as much as we can. So we – yeah. We do whatever it takes to work Monday to Friday, <laughs> whether that means working into the night every day or yeah. what. Um but uh no, working with family in general is uh it's it's not a walk in the park, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But uh yeah, no regrets. I I can't really speak too much for because I, I haven't had partners in a business other than family. Other than Coldstream. Like, I've never run a business with other partners. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, though. It's great. It's working for you. Why not ruin something that's working? It, it's working. Keep doing it. Yeah, I, th- I think you really got to start with the same values and beliefs with your business partners. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, no regrets. How much time are we at right now, Mark? 54 minutes. 54 minutes? Jesus. Um, what do we got? What do, what do we want to Well, I usually do around, like, an hour. Okay. What, how, are, is everyone mad at you right now that you're here? No. If you got things to do by Friday, you got to get them done. They're like, what the hell's Riley doing? He's at a podcast. Mm. No one cares. Oh, I told a few of them. Uh, Liam and Olivia know I'm here. <laughs> All right, there you go. Where, so where, like, where's, where, like, what, like, you wake up. Yep. Where do you live? Like, what, where, what office do you go to? What location? I live in Stewiak right now, and then. Uh, so you go to the Stewiak location. Uh, I used to for a bit. Okay. Um, I used to work there. It was funny. I had this little office with a, just basically a little table. Yeah. And no windows in the place, and it was it was it. a hilarious office to work in I for for like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite the setup. And then uh, when we moved into our production spot in Churro, yeah. I have an office there, and it's okay. still it's it's kind of funny because Olivia and Liam and I share an office, 
your brother and sisters, you guys all share an office. Yeah, and you it's don't a, fight. It's a somewhat. It's like I don't know, twelve feet by twelve. He's not a huge office. Maybe fifteen feet, feet by fifteen feet. That's, I like, don't that's know. like this place. Yeah, Close but uh, so it's small. But now we're adding on to this addition, and we're thinking, well, we don't even want our own offices because we just turn around in our chairs and just look at each other, like yeah. talk about stuff like every minute or two, right. just to make decisions. And then, yeah, that's that's kind of the nice thing. You can just you know you can turn basically around. fast forward the whole email chain process. Yeah, yeah. So so what does a day look like for you? What time are you waking up? What time are you going home? And in between those times, what are you doing within the office? Just taking fires out, or you're coming up with ideas? Yeah, so uh, there is definitely a management portion of putting processes and more processes, not not so much policies, but just, yeah. you know, setting things up to be equal for the team and make, you know, addressing things that aren't perfect yeah. and, you know, making changes. Um, so there's an aspect of that. Uh, in the mornings, I guess uh, I'm up pretty early. I usually get to get to the office around 9. Okay. But I'm up pretty early to basically have a look at everything, make sure. Just on your phone, nothing. check emails. Yeah, basically. Um, and then, yeah, we have a student that works with us who develops flavors with us in us. So that's really exciting. I mean, uh, she reached out. And uh, kind of shot her shot, and it was just really good timing, and it's amazing what she's done. Um, In what sense? She's created – she was basically the main – we kind of provided some direction. Yeah. But she was the one putting, to get, putting together the flavors for our Twister drink, uh, the Triple Decker that we teamed up with the Lower Deck on, and the Strawberry Kiwi. So those are three oh, wow. big flavors that have been successful. So how, good for her. How – like I'm just trying to think, how do you put a strawberry kiwi in this can? Like, do you do you take a strawberry, take a kiwi, take juice from the strawberry kiwi, put them together, and like, how do you how do you produce a flavor? Yeah, I mean, we uh, this one uses strawberry juice, um, and and natural flavors. So we order in a bunch of samples from our suppliers, and yeah. and, it, and then it's up to us to really put the ratios and the proportions together. So you put your own little twist on it, like, okay, here's yeah. the juice. Now, how do we make it a little bit better? Yeah, we got to blend it with water and vodka and natural flavor, yeah, and whatever else uh, could be a little bit of citric acid to make it sour, yeah, um, uh, a variety of things. So yeah, part of my job is is managing that, cool. but she's really the one hands on with it, and then. Uh, you know, there's challenges. I mean, I kind of help direct the expansion. So just with engineering background, we don't need to hire like a design firm just to, you know, tell us what we need yeah. to achieve. You know. That helps in cost, it sounds like. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, you still got to build a building, so we have to hire somebody for that yeah. and, and get equipment to do it. But at least we can plan what we need for the expansions. Okay. So, um yeah, it's a lot of – I don't want to generalize it and say business development because that's just boring. But it is kind of like what's what's the next what's the next step to take? So is it a new flavor? Um, you know, is it looking out for – I mean, back a year and a half ago, it was it was making the decision on Annie Ganesh. Um, so – and like I say, we don't go out of our way to just – pump out flavor after flavor after flavor it's more about what's missing here what mm -hmm. can we improve on mm -hmm. um so 
I don't know if that kind of answered the question. No, that what's, did. What's my day like? But um, it's a variety of things. Uh, That's what keeps you going. Though. If you woke up, did the same thing every day, I'm sure you'd be bored of it and you'd be back in Calgary <laughs> or something. You keep, Maybe. You know, you wake up, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Do you have any funny uh, taste testing stories? I'm sure you've had to taste the alcohol for... Oh, yeah. Like, do you have any funny ones? I got one that I didn't get to tell earlier. <laughs> When we were making the bottles of vodka soda, okay. it wasn't, it was, it's kind of like the really homemade, the home brew style where you got to carbonate it. Okay. So you kind of like force the CO2 and you got to shake it up so that it dissolves. Like the CO2 is a, is a gas and then you got to kind of dissolve. So gas that, dissolves. I thought gas was already, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a little okay, bit right. of a science yeah. explanation, but you kind of <laughs> just inject the CO2 so you, that you get bubbles. Okay. In the liquid. Okay. Like pop almost. Yeah. Like yeah. pop. Yeah. Okay. So we do it a different way now, but the way we did it before was you had to shake up the keg and that would like kind of get the CO2 to infuse <laughs> okay, in the okay, in the vodka soda. Okay. So that was 2017 and poor Liam, he was uh, helping with that production and it was hard to get the carbonation bang on with those. So he always had to taste it. And he had to taste so much of it every morning when we were making it because we had to package whatever these three or four cases a day and uh he had to taste so much of it that by the time he got it packaged he wasn't even able to drive it out to the store oh. i had to drive it out to the store <laughs> so so uh, yeah we always laugh about that one uh poor guy was buzzing at 10 a.m yeah I was just, gonna just say. trying to get some stuff in bottles that's it that's amazing yeah he's um, got to make like business calls in the afternoon he's just hammered oh, i don't know about that cold stream those boys are a little too much on it there <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah there's uh there's not many like yeah we do taste our stuff a lot i mean we have to it goes through quite a development process yeah you got so. to that's the fun part of the job it sounds like mm -hmm. yeah i mean this strawberry kiwi was like 200 iterations what is that? What is that? What, what was the last word he said? Iterations. Like Iteration. 200 trials. Wow. To get this liquid get bang on. So how long is two ed 200 iterations? How long does that take? We started uh, We started this development way back in like May. And we we basically put it put it on the back burner because we couldn't hit it. We couldn't get it bang on. We, were, we kept, it was like too bitter because we wanted some of that sweetness to come through, but, but it's still less than one gram of sugar per can. So it's hard to achieve that. Yeah. So we wanted it enough. We wanted to make enough flavor, but it's still got to be refreshing if you're having a couple. Yeah. So we kept making like these recipes that were like seven out of 10, maybe eight out of 10, but that's not good enough. Yeah. So um, we kind of just came back to it and we had a fire lit under us a little bit because we had to deliver it to the NSLC and that's not really the way you want to do it. You don't want to force a product. You just you know when to force a recipe just because you gotta get get it in stores yeah you want to make sure it's right but this one worked out really well we're pumped about this liquid um oh i am too man i'm having a great buzz right now it's great <laughs> it's unreal yeah it's tasty my mom loves them mom will get them on the weekends oh, yeah. there'll always be some at the house in the fridge or something yeah no they're great yeah so um and then yeah i guess so it's it can be a long process to bring a product to man to the shelf well i love when you come on here and you you talk passion man like you know your business inside and out it, it's motivation for guys like myself and other people mm -hmm. listening that want to start a business whether it's liquor whether it's a podcast whether it's clothing there's guys like you that are that are in this part of the world that are, are motivating when you look at so yeah. i appreciate you coming on and talking about this man yeah i mean it's not like we're uh 
image of perfection. I wouldn't say that either. Like and... you got to stay humble or you're going to get humbled. Well, you're but, an image uh, of hard work. Like you, you'd work your ass off to get this, and you took risk. That's that's something to look at, I think. Yeah, there, there's lots of things we definitely did right, and definitely made mistakes, but just adjusted and yeah. and pivoted and, and learned from them. So, um, good. Yeah, like I say, we're not perfect, but we're striving for it. Well, last question: advice mm-hmm. for you know that high school kid in grade ten that wants to, you know, he's, he has that entrepreneurial spirit. What, what's your advice for him? Well, or I her? was that kid. Okay. I was that kid. I was. Uh, <laughs> talk to yourself 20, 50, 10 years from now. I don't know how old you are. Talk to yourself. Yeah, it was it was kind of a, a little bit confusing because, like I say, the, you wanted to be entrepreneurial, but you didn't really know what to grab onto and chase after. Yeah. So it's hard to force it. Like you don't really want to force it. You want to make sure that you can get yourself set up in something that maybe not at the first couple of years, like we were talking about, but eventually your efforts and your work is going to be proportional to what comes back. Um, so I remember I was like, I was pretty, pretty bold when, even when I was young, I remember I've walked into a bag and I wanted to like do this, uh, storage company where you rent out the lockers and stuff. Okay. And I asked this banker for 200,000 bucks and, and I was like 18 or 19 and, and he basically, he was stunned. He looked at me, he didn't I'm, have anything to say. I'm stunned. And, I mean, they never gave it to me. But I'm just saying, like, that's when the seed, the seed started to be planted back yeah. then. So, I mean, yeah, don't get discouraged if you shoot your first shot and you don't hit. Like, um, I mean, and like I say, it's it's hard to force it. But if you got that in the back of your mind, okay, I want to I wanna do something entrepreneurial, just – you know, plant a few seeds here and there, and and I think you can refine it. Be willing to be honest and critical with yourself. Like, is this gonna work? Is this is this worth time and money investment? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting you brought up the you know the grade ten student because yeah. uh, I kind of maybe I was grade eleven or twelve when I really realized I wanted to do something like that, but. Uh, no, that seems to be where it starts. So, yeah. yeah, I would encourage anybody to, you know, if they're in that mindset, go after it. All right. Mm. Plunge it on that, man. Okay. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like I say, it was uh, nice to hear you on some other on some other versions, just a variety of sports, entrepreneurship, whatever. Mm. But, uh, you know, I think you do a good job of uh, – I appreciate no, asking that. the right questions on behalf of the people. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome back anytime. I'm definitely going to invite myself up to your distillery and get a little tour there. We should. We should but do I'd it again in a something. bit and see what's changed and yeah. you know, just contrast what's going to happen because you know, we got some ideas, but who yeah. knows? Bring the camera. We'll do something. Yeah. All right. Everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. What's today? Tuesday. The week's just starting. Have mm. fun. Enjoy it. Work hard. Shovel the driveway, get her on a pond if it's frozen, and we're out. That's it. Cheers, folks. Thanks.
Love.